outside the tank is not affiliated with Shark Tank. Welcome to Outside the Tank, the first podcast in the world that interviews the entrepreneurs featured on Shark Tank. We get the inside scoop on how they got there, what lessons they learned, their biggest regrets, what didn't air on TV, what has happened to them since, and so much more. Prepare to be informed, inspired, and entertained. Welcome to an all-new episode of Outside the Tank. I'm Tom. That's Joe. This is Outside the Tank. Welcome to an all-new episode. We have uh, Cressa Peterson today. She is a founder of Shower Toga. And it was, if you watch the episode, she brought on her husband, who starred as the Dirty Fairy, which is <laughs> really quite entertaining. But she was asking for uh, 80000 for 33% of the company. Yep. And the sales were just under 100000 at the time of the uh, episode. Uh, it's, it's interesting. There were a, a couple of sharks that went out very quickly. Lori and Robert went out quickly, didn't think it was investable. Mr. Wonderful. Very entertaining, as always. Said, well, that's basically a garbage bag, but <laughs> obviously the product is is much more than that. And and as we talk to Cressa, you'll understand. But uh, Cuban and Ali actually love the product, and uh, it appears this is Ali Webb from Dry Bar. Yes, one of your favorite spots. Yeah, I go to Dry Bar a lot. <laughs> and apparently, there was a deal there. Yes. So we'll find out more about that. Yes. Yeah, so Ali and Cuban, 80000 for 40%. They do the deal. Uh, just a couple other things about this product. Uh, at the time of airing, it was retailing for $34.95. It was wholesaling for $16. And it was $2.85 to make. I don't have my calculator handy, but I think those are good. <laughs> I think those are good Great margins. margins. Yes. So better than Keystone. Crest was great. Uh, again, this aired March 3rd, 2019 at Season 10, Episode 14. Uh, Crest was such a great guest. We had such yeah. a blast uh, doing the interview. So let's get into it with our interview with Cressa. All right, we're here with Cressa Peterson, Shower Toga. Cressa, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm really looking forward to talking to you. All right, so we caught a little bit of this on TV, but we want we want the full version straight from you. How in the heck did you come up with this idea? You know, it it really happened just super organically out of a need I had for myself. Um, at the time, I was importing horses for show jumping, so it was like inventing a product was way out of my wheelhouse, um, and. I used to, I used to ride a lot. Um, I used to compete in show jumping and I got injured. And so I couldn't compete, you know, um, you know, as much as I wanted to. So I was looking for something that would just, you know, be super competitive because I'm a competitive person. Um, I'm an athletic person. I love to be outside. Um, and, I hadn't really found that thing. Um, and then I ended up getting diagnosed with breast cancer, um, which is fine now. It's, it's, it's all under control. So that's fantastic. But especially after that, I realized I wanted to kind of get off my butt and find that thing that was never going to replace show jumping, but that was going to kind of help me get outside of my head. 
And so I started doing Spartan racing um, and Spartan. I mean, like, I think a lot of people know what Spartan racing is, but it's also, you know, like tough mudder, OCR mud runs, but very, very highly competitive, <clears throat> not really just the fun, silly mud runs, but really uh, uh, quite a, quite a, uh, quite a, uh, a sporting event to say the least. And I loved Spartan racing, but what I really did not like was when we're done, we're completely filthy. And I don't mean filthy, just like going to the beach filthy. I mean, head to toe, mud and sand and grime. And I mean, just, you've really been through the ringer when you're done with a Spartan race. So, you know, a lot of times you travel five, six, seven hours or longer to go to these races. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, unless you get a hotel and you stay an entire extra day to go back and shower to then get in your car and leave, there was no way to actually get clean. Um, so what I used to do is I would finish the race. I would go into the changing tent. Mind you, you're also very sore and, you know, really tired go into the changing tent, I would change out of my compression clothes, put on a bathing suit, walk back outside, use the, the little water hose station, then go back in the changing tent, dry off and get dressed. It was an event. I mean, it was just a full event. And I kept thinking, there's gotta be a better way to do this. Um, I tried some of the kind of just changing garments, um, but you can't, shower in them you know you just change clothes you're just changing clothes and your body is still covered in mud so i made one for myself um and that's a whole long story in itself but i i just went down to the store and got what at the time was diaper cover material with forest animals on it and i made my first shower toga and everybody laughed at me and thought i was nuts like really certifiably insane but as they would see me getting cleaned up and feeling like so good and they're still miserable, I started having people ask me if they could borrow it. I mean, grown men, you know, big old grown, <laughs> can I use the diaper cover thing? I was like, sure. So it, it just turned into this funny thing. And then it was like, a, it was seriously a light bulb moment. And uh, yeah, and that is truly how it started. And of course, now that is absolutely not the only purpose for shower toga, but at the time, that is why I invented it was so I would have a way to clean up and be just as clean as if I'd taken a shower in the hotel. You know, it was interesting, <laughs> Cressa, when you first, uh, in the uh, in the airing of the show, um, when you first described it and you made reference to Spartan races and Tough Mudders, my original thought was, well, this is a pretty small market. And then the more you describe the product and the varied uses for it, the more my imagination just lit up. And I thought this product has a much broader market than most people are going to realize up front. Exactly. And that's exactly what happened. You know, I mean, <clears throat> because, because I wasn't at the time inventing a product to go to market, right? I was inventing a product just for me to use. Um, and then it shifted into, oh my gosh, I actually have a good idea and people like this. And then I thought, hey, if I just sell it to my friends, that'll be, you know, fun, cool. And then it turned into more, you know, then we did the Kickstarter and then you start really getting feedback. You know, we we had, uh, I think I mentioned on the show, we had a, a woman in particular 
who was using it for her patients um, and that she goes to visit for home health care that were, you know, the older patients that didn't want to just stand there undressed. And I thought my grandma was like that. You know, we would help my grandmother get dressed and she would have to use her little like shower chair, but she had to sit there with no clothes on. And she hated it so much that she fought me and my aunt just to shower. Like, and I thought, oh my gosh, well, there's a good market. And then when the um, Texas hurricane hit, I'm from Houston, Texas, and the hurricane hit, and I had a bunch of my friends that, you know, still live there that were like, oh my gosh, I used the shower toga I got off your Kickstarter because they got it to support me, right? I mean, they don't do Spartan races or Tough Mudders, but they got it to support me. And then they're like, oh my gosh, I used it after this because our house got completely flooded. We were in the temporary shelters and there, there was nowhere to change clothes. You know, any bathrooms in the temporary shelters had huge long lines. I mean, and it just kind of has evolved, um, you know, from, from there. And now it's, it's, it's just growing exponentially in so many different directions um, because, you know, it's a product that's never existed in the marketplace before. There was no way for me to really know ahead of time all of the uses. I, I still get emails where I go, oh my gosh, that's a great idea. <laughs> I didn't even think about how you could use shower toga for that. I'll give you one quick example. We now have done the testing uh, for shower toga as a Mylar blanket replacement to keep you warm, you know, before and after a marathon, any kind of, anytime you would want to use a Mylar space blanket, you could use a shower toga period. But that didn't come from us. That wasn't part of my brilliant plan. I wish it was. It was a lady who reached out to me like two years ago and said, I run, she, I, I think she was running the New York marathon. And she said, I just wanted you to know, this is what I also use my shower toga for. And so I was going to run the Disney marathon and it was freezing outside. And I thought, I'm going to try to do what this lady said she uses her shower toga for. And lo and behold, I could not believe it. It was just like, yay. And so now we've, you know, we've, we've tweaked the recipe some for, you know, our, our kind of patented process and our material for the coating. And it really has these crazy tendencies um, to keep you warm. So you'll see people using them to also put over their body and they can warm up before a marathon, their hands free, they can use their, and it keeps your core. You could even, I ran the first two and a half, three miles of the Disney run in my shower toga, then took it off, bundled it up, put it in my camelback. I've got videos of that. I look ridiculous, but I'll tell you what, I was warm when everybody else was freezing. <laughs> People in, people that run marathons and half marathons, they normally take, I know my wife has run quite a few, they take old t-shirts and sweatshirts and stuff they buy at Salvation Army just to kind of load up early in the morning and then they just throw those things off to the side. Exactly. that, And you should see, I've got videos of all of the stuff that's like lined up along the fences. And at Disney, I mean, there's tens of thousands of people there. Um, and so what they'll do a lot of times is they'll pass out the Mylar blankets in the beginning. So everybody, and you have to hold those, right? So you're shivering. You can't really warm up because you're holding your Mylar. You're trying to tie it around your waist or whatever. And 
you're freezing and now you can't take them on the course either for good reason. Um, but so then you're dumping your, like you said, your, your old clothes or whatever. Although I'll tell you, I saw some nice clothes in those piles. <laughs> um, and I, I think once you're broke, you're all in your head, like, you know, you're always broke, even though I'm not broke now. I was like, oh, that's a North Face jacket. <laughs> you kind of can't help it. It's just in your DNA. Yep. But, um, and then at the end of the run, they hand you those again. Well, here's the, here's here's the thing that a lot of people don't understand is mylar uh, space blanket. That material is horrible for the environment. There's only a few places that break mylar down and they don't really do it effectively. And um, if you, if you research mylar and its effects on the environment and the fact that marathons or organizations are passing out hundreds and hundreds of thousands of these, millions of these potentially in a year. And all you would really have to have is one five ounce shower toga that you could throw in your camel back, put it back on. You, I mean, if you just got rid of mylar in the environment for just that purpose, you know, shower toga will have made a huge difference. So how'd you end up getting on Shark Tank? Duh. <laughs> Um, okay. So I don't, you know, it's funny because I don't necessarily recommend that everybody try to get on the way I got on because I was so obnoxiously like pushy, but I remember, and we've been fans of the show, like from the beginning, I mean, uh, Tiffany Crummins, who um, started Ava the Elephant, is now a friend of mine, right? But when I first started talking to other Shark Tank entrepreneurs, I was fangirling it hardcore when I talked to her. Like, I, you know, so that's, I mean, I've been fans of the show since the beginning. And we had not done the Kickstarter yet. We were building it. And we were at a Mexican restaurant, El Hinete in Woodstock, Georgia, which is where our home base is. Um, and I told my husband over margaritas, of course, I told my husband, uh, I'm going to get on Shark Tank. And he's like, whatever, <laughs> have another margarita. <laughs> and, but when I said it, I meant it. And I actually, I know it sounds kind of flaky, but I knew it. I knew I was going to be on. I was super, super excited about the feedback I'd gotten from um, <clears throat> people about starting the Kickstarter. I was pumped like with adrenaline to the millionth percent. And I just knew I was going to get on it. It took me 16 months to get on it. Um, I, and I think part of the problem for me, <clears throat> not the problem, but one of the reasons that I was just so adamant about it is I filled out the Shark Tank application online. And in the beginning, it's just kind of a little paragraph, you know, nothing super intense like it gets later. Um, but, and then I went to the gym and I finished going to the gym. I remember exactly where I was. I was buying a smoothie when I was leaving and my phone rang and I answered the phone. It was a number I didn't recognize. This is maybe like two and a half hours later. Okay. And this girl goes, um, you know, da, da, this shark tank. Da, and I thought, okay, I filled out a scam. Like I didn't realize it, but I thought I filled, I got online and I filled out some scam application. Like it's a scam. So I was like, mm-hmm, Yeah. She's like, no, it really is. I was like, okay. I, I was really kind of rude, not rude, but just like 
whatever. <clears throat> Turns out it was actually them, <laughs> but it happened so quick. I thought this doesn't make any sense. So then I decided that meant I was getting on. That's not what that first phone call means. <laughs> that first phone call means they're reaching out to you and they might be interested in it. You know, in it. But I think I got so excited initially from that first phone call that there was no way I was going to take no for an answer. So we went back and forth and back and forth. And the two uh, ladies I worked with, Heather and Zoe, they believed in me. They really, really believed in me. And they fought for me. And um, they really fought. I know they fought. Uh, I, I'm, I'm friends with the executive producer now. We've had a lot of things go on since I aired. Um, I stay in touch with them regularly. And, you know, one of the first things I learned through that process is how hard Heather and Zoe fought to get me on. Um, and eventually it happened, but I got told no a lot. There was a lot of tears, but I, I, I don't know, something in the back of my mind, I always knew I was going to, I always knew I was going to get on, but I had to, uh, I had to really fight for it and work hard. <laughs> So you air March 3rd, 2019. What were the first couple of days like following airing for you in the business? Well, it's interesting now because there's a little bit of a shift. I mean, I think years and years ago, a lot of people watched, you know, live. Okay, so now you have everybody, if you can't watch it live, you are going to go back and watch it, you know, on ABC Hulu, one of those other avenues. So it's not, you get this, of course, you get this giant hit, right? I mean, gargantuous hit, but it kind of is a gift that keeps on giving. So you actually will have like three, four, five days of this. And I think it's really helped with kind of like fulfillment and getting back with people um, <clears throat> because it's not the old days where everything crashed and you went, you know, it went, I mean, of course it still goes insane, but it's, you'll see, things happening the next day, the next afternoon, the following evening, you know, and that's the same thing that happens in reruns. When we have reruns, we'll see our website go insane. And then it doesn't just die. It's like it trickles. It's almost like the stock market. It goes, doo, 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 you know, and so it's nice that it's kind of you know, it, it's nice that you have almost a week of being able to maintain that. You just don't sleep that first week. <laughs> How has the business changed since that episode aired? What does it look very similar? Have you changed the business, other products, other verticals? What, what's been going on for Shower Toga since the episode aired? Um, well, <clears throat> I would say that my vision for the business hasn't actually changed. Um, we, we're still on the same uh, track as we were on initially. Um, I knew the direction I wanted the company to go. Um, we do have another product in the works. Um, it's not out yet, but we will be adding a SKU, um, actually a couple of SKUs by the end of summer. Um, one of them I can discuss, and that is that we are going to make a larger version of the shower toga. Right now, the shower toga actually fits children up to 4T, all the way up to extra, extra, extra large adults. <clears throat> but we have a <clears throat> very large community of men and women who 
are um, are over that size. And you know, it's interesting where extra, extra, extra large is not really what it used to be. I mean, it's kind of like the way sizing works now um, is that you know, because you need, for example, you need room in here to work in your shower toga, okay? So even though we technically measure the standards of extra, extra, extra large, I, as a uh, smaller person, per se, could still use a shower toga that we're getting ready to launch ba just based on loving to have a lot of extra space in there. So that's going to serve two purposes. It's going to be helpful for people that want a larger size because of their body shape. It's also going to be helpful for people that just really would like an abundance of room inside their shower toga to move around. Now, that is something that happened based on our feedback. Um, right now, you know, one of my very first, actually my very first ambassador for Shower Toga is a gentleman named Wesley Blake. And I chose Wesley because he had lost, you know, like 150 pounds. Um, I, I wouldn't want to say what his weight is now. I don't think it matters because he's very healthy, but he's a large guy. You know, he's, I want to say six, four, um, and he's a large guy and the shower toga fits him really nicely. Um, but, you know, he was he was a motivation to me. When we started doing the uh, shower toga campaign for healthcare workers, a lot of those men and women, and I'd say more so the women, were concerned still about the sizing. So that's when we decided to go with a size that will uh, accommodate um, a whole nother, you know, section of the market. Um, we also see it in um, in uh, home healthcare situations where they would like to see, you know, a larger size for some of their patients. So, and then the the other product we're we're going to be um, adding on is um, just going to be a complimentary product to the shower shower toga. Um, and then on top of that, we're working now with a company called Waterport. And Waterport is a um, has lots of systems for overlanding, for dispersing water and showering in all kinds of very rugged situations. Um, so that's super exciting. Um, we just launched in Medline. Um, Medline is basically the Amazon for, um, you know, PPE and they're, they're a giant company. Um, and, you know, I would say that the surprising thing that wasn't really in my trajectory was um, was actually an unfortunate growth. Um, I think, um, I, I hate to say it that way, but it's not how I wanted to grow the business. And that was for um, cleaning up after shifts uh, for people that were working with COVID patients. And that's been a real giant labor of love for me, for everybody that works for me, for Mark Cuban, for my entire team at Mark Cuban Companies. Um, you know, that's, we've learned a lot and uh, we've been really, just really blessed to be able to, to, you know, help those healthcare workers have a way to just clean up after their shifts. Um, so, that that was a, a totally unexpected uh, utilization for Shower Toga and for the company, but it has caused us to really move forward in uh, in that direction. 
Well, you mentioned Mark. I'm assuming then that the deal did go through and, and how's Mark to work with? Mark's amazing. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Okay, look, it's Mark Cuban, right? First of all, it's 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 Mark Cuban. And so um, I never expected that Mark would be actually really super involved. Um, I think everybody has maybe, you know, different uh different uh relationships with their sharks i and i've told mark this if i had known how helpful mark and his team were going to be i would have done it for no money <laughs> i mean i'm i'm a i'm a super super fan i respect mark immensely i respect how hard um he works to support um shower toga I can, okay, I can truly, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this at all. Since I've been um, working with Mark, I can email Mark. I don't think, you know, the probably way too many times I've emailed or messaged Mark, he has responded in longer than 10 minutes from the time I sent it. I mean, he is on it. I don't know how he does it. I really, I truly don't know how he does it. And he answers back. Sometimes it's quick, you know, three, four word answers. Sometimes he sends me full paragraphs on things. Um, I really, my team there, uh, John and Q Harrison and Eric and Steven, and um, they, I just have this huge network of, of really, really smart, smart people. Um, to reach out to and to get answers to questions. And, you know, right now we're working on some brick and mortar and some retail, um, you know, uh, relationships. And I got to tell you, I would be really, really lost without them because these are things I don't know. I mean, you can Google till your head explodes. It's not really going to give you all the information that you need because there's so many differing opinions on Google. You need people that have actually done it before that are going to tell you, hey, you know, here's a mistake that it looks like you're going to make if you go down this path. Um, so, yeah, no, it's been way, way, way better than I ever expected it to be. And I expected it to be pretty badass. What have you learned, uh, you know, going through this process and working with Mark's team? You know, what are what are a couple of things that maybe you could share that would be helpful for the entrepreneurs that are listening to this? Well, I mean, I will say that if you, you know, so I think a lot of people think they want to go on Shark Tank, but you have to, it, you better be ready. Um, and I know everybody says that, but, you know, look, it's a lot. You, you need to be really passionate about what you do. And if you're not, and if this is just kind of like, you think it would be fun to be on TV, like, man, leave it for somebody else to get on because it's a serious show. It's a serious, um, you're not on TV for three or four minutes and playing games. I mean, this is, this is people's lives. This is their livelihood. And, you know, the sharks are actually investing their time and their money and their teams. And so, you know, sometimes you do see people go on and you go, you know, why are they there, man? So my first advice would be, if you are passionate about your product and you're ready to just work your tail end off, first thing, 
like really try to get on Shark Tank. Make sure you got it together. Make sure you have your numbers right. Make sure you've got a vision for the future and you're not wasting anybody's time. Um, you know, the other thing I would say is it's being an entrepreneur is really, really hard. I mean, it's it's hard. I mean, it's so interesting. Like, you know, I have days where I watch my Shopify, okay? And I'm like, we're, we're killing it. Like things are going great. And then the next day, we're really slow. And you don't, as an entrepreneur, at least for me and my personality, you don't let those slow days just kind of like ride by. You tend to freak out and stress and feel like the sky is falling. <laughs> and then the next day I'll roll around and it's like, oh, it's okay again. So, you know, being an entrepreneur is a serious roller coaster ride and it's mentally and physically exhausting. And it's not for everybody. And that's okay. Like, that's okay if it's not for you. Just know that if you're, um, if you're going to be successful at it, um, and to be honest with you, I say that coming from a place of not feeling successful yet, I know I've reached some amazing milestones, but um, I'm, not, I'm not successful yet. I've got much, much bigger plans. Um, but I talk to people a lot, you know, that say, oh, that's so cool. I want to be on Shark Tank. I've been trying to think of something that I could invent that I could get on Shark Tank for. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just so backwards. You can't do that. Like that's just such a waste of your time. Um, so yeah, it's cool, it's fun, but it's the hardest job, probably besides staying at home with children, because that's a really hard job <laughs> that you can do. Um, They're both incredibly difficult. Yes, exactly. Like, no, I, I, I did that for a while when my kids were young and, um, yeah, that was, that was, that was a tough job, man. I, I, I hand it to the moms that do it. I think it's awesome if you can do it, but I, uh, it was tough. <laughs> it was a lot of work, but you know, so yeah, I just, I, I think that it's kind of like, you know, trading the stock market. Like right now we've got all this Reddit, GameStop, AMC, this craziness going on and everybody thinks, oh my gosh, I'm going to get rich. And, you know, then it's the same kind of thing with Shark Tank. Oh, I'm going to invent something. I'm going to get on Shark Tank and I'm going to make millions and I'm going to be on a yacht in, you know, with my cosmopolitan. And I can assure you that since I went on Shark Tank, not only have I not been on a yacht, I haven't been on a dinghy. So. <laughs> You know, it Chris, doesn't recently, work like that. <laughs> recently, Elon Musk was uh, asked the question, what would you say to an entrepreneur that needs a lot of encouragement? And he answered, that person should probably not be an entrepreneur if they need a lot of encouragement. So this That's is exactly right. a roller coaster. I have two very silly questions for you and one real question. So Good, very, I like the silly ones. I know, I know you're going to like these two questions. First, <laughs> in, uh, down and dirty. The Dirty Fairy, was that your husband's idea or your idea? <laughs> okay, all right, so, okay, so I'm really gonna show my, my. I'm not sure if I can cuss here. I'll say I'm gonna show my butt here instead of the other words. So anyway, um, okay, so when we did the audition tape, which is hilarious, can't share it, it's not owned by me. It's owned by ABC, but it was obnoxious. Now, going back to what you said, I mean, to what I was telling you earlier about being at the Mexican restaurant, 
well, and saying, I'm going to get on Shark Tank. This was the same type of thing for him because when Shark Tank did eventually allow me to just send in a video, okay? Because that's still a process you go through to be allowed. They send you a portal to send in a video. Um, I told my husband, we're going to do a video. And he's like, whatever. Okay, whatever. Like he, he had no, he never, ever thought I would get on the show. Not in a million years. So my daughter flew in from California. Um, our son was there. So that was my son, our son and our daughter. And I told my husband, I want you to like be goofy. And it was his idea. He goes like, instead of like dirty Harry, I could be like the dirty fairy. Okay, my husband owns a software company. Okay, that is so not his personality. He's a nerd. Like he's a kind of an intellectual numbers guy. So that was way out of his wheelhouse. But he was shooting fireball. So that tends to make you a lot more, a lot braver, okay? So I thought this is the only way I'm gonna get him to really cut up and have fun. And no, fireball is not his normal cocktail. (laughs) But I knew that if we kind of got him loosened up and I was truly force feeding the poor man fireball. And um, then he started getting totally goofy. I mean, oh my gosh, you should see this video. I wish I could show it to you. So we're doing this whole thing and we're having so much fun. And we get like, we do this 10 minute long video. We send it to Shark Tank. They loved it. Of course, then we still went through lots and lots and lots and lots of work. But when they finally said yes, they were like, we really want to see the dirty fairy back. (laughs) My husband's like, oh no. No, 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 no. Dirty fairy with your secret weapon. Yeah. Uh, Now, I will say I did not get him tanked on Fireball before we shot for Shark Tank. (laughs) We actually did not at all. But he kind of, I was like, honey, are you really going to like kill my dream and not be a fairy? He's like, Cressa, I own a software company. He's like, I cannot be on TV dressed as a fairy in pigtails. I'm like, but you can. And turns out, like, everybody loved it. Everybody loved it. I told him, hey, honey, you know how many wives are going to, like, elbow their husband and go, would you do that for me? He's like, oh, okay, so I'd be kind of a hero. I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> you uh, you women have such powers of manipulation. My second yes, uh, question was about <laughs> Mr. Wonderful. He was making fun of your product. Um, comparing, uh, saying that you're only, and he said this at least three or four times, you're competing against a, uh, a, a, a garbage can liner. Did that, I just yeah. wondered, did, were you hearing that? Was that pissing you off or were you blocking that out? No, I mean, obviously I've heard that before. I mean, and look, I get it. And, you know, I don't even argue that because I get it. So what we have told uh, people and, you know, of course, here's the thing about Kevin. Kevin and I, like, seriously, of course, had, you know, good-spirited fun on the show. Like, we, you know, you know, we fought each other. I put him in timeout. Now, since then, um, Kevin and I have, we went on The View together, and it was, Kevin was with me. Um, and I've seen him when I've gone back on set to watch filming as a guest. Um, and Kevin is awesome. I love Kevin. Okay. I love that kind of spirited argument too. Like I don't ever, that doesn't bother me. I like it. Um, 
but what we tell people is go try to use a garbage bag. Go, go try, shower off, try to put your stuff back in it when you're done. See if it works in the washing machine. <laughs> you know, you try that and then just let me know how that works because people can say anything. And it was funny. Oh, I'll back up a little bit. Kevin said, we used to use them all the time in concerts. And I'm thinking, I bet you have not one time ever showered in a garbage bag. I want to see a photo, <laughs> but, um, you know, no, we, we, of course, people that don't know the product, haven't felt the product, haven't used the product, haven't seen all of the different things it offers, and they're just going by looks. I understand that, that comparison. So no, it's not the first time I'd heard it. When I did say that it was like using a balloon as a condom, I never in a million years expected them to actually air that. I was, I thought for sure that's getting cut. And then I actually thought, oh gosh, I probably, I could have screwed up everything by saying that because at that moment, I just, I mean, I have no filter, like having a filter is hard for me. So <laughs> no, I, yeah, I know. I know. It's so <laughs> ridiculous. But then especially if I'm excited, it's like everything is gone. Like I'm in the moment. And then I said that, and I, I got to tell you for weeks after I said that, I thought, I wonder if I messed up. I wonder if I'm not going to get aired because I said that. And then not only did we get aired, but they put that in there and like, it was crazy. I got so many people emailing us and messaging us. They're like, that was freaking like epic and they loved it. So I'm just glad that didn't mess up my chances but Kevin and I are friends I adore Kevin he's really super funny and he's super cool and I'm sure that if we spend more time together it will just be arguing <laughs> and I'm okay with that well that's great we we so appreciate you joining us and spending a little bit of time with us great great stories um a lot of a lot of good stuff here if uh, people want to follow you on social media, where can they find um, you? And then uh, where can they buy the product? Um, well, Shower Toga is at showertoga.com. Um, we have, uh, you know, everything's on our website. Um, we do sell on Amazon as well. Um, we prefer people buy from our website. But if you like Amazon, that's fine too. Um, we, uh, our Facebook is Shower Toga. Um, Instagram is shower underscore toga. We're on Twitter, but I don't use it a lot because I find it super obnoxious. Um, I'm on LinkedIn under just uh, Cressa Peterson. And um, please don't follow me on LinkedIn to try to sell me a bunch of stuff though, please. Um, and uh, yeah, and then email showertoga at gmail.com. Um, and a lot of times my, I have a, a few employees, um, Caitlin is my business development manager. And if it's something that she thinks that I'd be interested in, um, you know, then I'll end up getting the emails on, on that. So, yeah, I mean, and I'm pretty easy to reach, you know, cause I'm not on that yacht yet. So I'm, I'm pretty available. Not yet. <laughs> not, not yet. Well, we, I don't think I'll ever be cause you can't work from a yacht. <laughs> Well, we so appreciate you making the time to join us, showertoga.com. Uh, we're looking forward to keeping an eye out for all your new ideas and, and yeah. stuff coming, coming down the pipe this year. So thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it, and we hope you have a great day.
Thanks. And thanks for having me and giving all of us Shark Tank entrepreneurs a platform to speak from. Appreciate it. It's our pleasure. We're having a blast with it. Thank you. All right. We're back with the post game. This is where we break down some interesting things we took from Cressa that are applicable to all of our businesses. I like post game. Okay. I like pre game too, but my favorite game is post game. Okay. <laughs> Because we get to drop some nuggets. We learn so much from these people. This might be the last one we record. You're starting to lose a little bit. You're, start, you're starting to crack. You're starting to crack up. You know, you know what the problem is? It's almost lunchtime. At the, yeah, at the, time, at the time we're recording this, it's almost lunchtime. So I see the energy start to start to dip a little bit. And I got to get this guy a turkey sandwich. Oh, man. And a bag of chips. So I have a couple and of things. soda. You know what? That way, I love the chips. And I, I don't bar. like the sun chips. I like the old school unhealthy chips. Does not like sun chips. <laughs> they brought these pop chips into our office too that were like very low calorie, very light. And, you know, it was like a kid eating vegetables for the first time. And I don't like this. I don't like them. All right. What did we I, learn from Cressa? I yiked the barbecue chips. Okay. So Cressa, first and foremost... This young lady had no filter, which I find very refreshing. <laughs> and why, why do you find that refreshing? Because Joe has no filter. That's right. <laughs> ding, so ding, I, ding. I really, I really like that. And so here's uh, on um, seriously though, she, this is a type of person that doesn't take no for an answer. And there's a great deal of value in that. Uh, she doesn't run and hide. She'll ask a second time. She'll ask a third time. She'll do the ask or call to action in different ways. This young lady doesn't take no for an answer. It took her 16 months to get on the show. Exactly. Okay. Um, you know, it's such common sense, but I'm going to say it because it came up in the interview. Find a problem to solve. That's what we do as entrepreneurs. We solve problems. We start a business because we had a problem to solve. We could make a better shoe. We could create a better widget, whatever it might be. And then as we scale the business and we look at other ways to help people, what are other problems we can solve? So at the end of the day, what did Cressa do? She had a problem. She solved it. It became a business. She got on Shark Tank. She found two very, very successful uh, entrepreneurs to invest in her, and she's scaling the business, and I love that. Um, and then, you know, the other thing, I wrote this down, it was verbatim from her, it's exhausting, and it's not for everyone. Yeah. That's this, this game we're in of, of being an entrepreneur. I, I don't care who you are. There's good days and there's bad days. There's times where this feels so ridiculously easy and you feel so ridiculously overpaid. And there are other days where it feels like it's impossible and you're not a pay, paid well and you're not appreciated and it's never going to work. And, you know, you just got to have thick skin, perseverance, you know, or just be really dumb and, and not <laughs> and not allow things to affect you. Uh, you know, I think about uh, did you ever read the book or watch the uh, movie Moneyball? Yes. Oh. So Billy Bean, the GM, the, right. the subject of it, he uh, played minor league baseball and didn't, you know, didn't really make much of a baseball career uh, because he, he was so analytical and he thought about everything and he was thinking so much. And he brought up a guy, and I cannot remember who it was, and I'm not going to say the name because I'll probably be wrong, but a player that he grew through the minor leagues with, and he's like, you know the best thing about this guy? He was dumb as rocks. <laughs> and so he got up to the plate, 
And right. it just hit the damn ball. Well, it's, seed ball hit seed ball. ball hit and ball. it's like sometimes, you know, again, with yeah. entrepreneurs, we work with people and see people that are so, so, so smart to the point where it's and they, to their they get in their own way. Yeah. They get it. Don't stay out of your own way. So it is exhausting. It's not for everyone. And you have to figure out a way to combat the exhaustion and block it out oh. and ignore it. Or persevere. I've got one more thing about Cressa. Yes. She doesn't take herself too seriously, and that serves her well. Yeah. Yeah, and I think – and we don't take ourselves that seriously. We take no. our business seriously, but don't take yourself too seriously. Again, have some fun. Have a beer at 1030 in the morning. Yeah. Well, dude, <laughs> you know, you got to – gotta, and, and, and this is – it's cliche, but it's – you got to do you. You got to do whatever feels comfortable, and it took me – a long time, I mean, over a decade of being an entrepreneur, of trying to be what I thought I had to be or what other people wanted me to be. And I dress a certain way and speak a certain way and act a certain way. Um, and I'd say probably rarely let my guard down. And, and now with what you and I are doing, we talk to a ton of people. I mean, we're on a lot of Zoom calls. We have a lot of email communications. There's just a significant volume of communication and with people that we don't know or we're meeting for the first time, or we're getting to know over the first couple conversations. And you see it, maybe it's just because I just try to entertain myself, but I have fun with it. You know, we had someone, I don't know if you saw the email yet, but someone this morning said, you know, I, I, I watched the video you sent, I really appreciate it, but it's just not a good fit. And, and my, you see my response? You say, well, is it something Joe says? <laughs> yeah. We don't know who this person is. But, you know, you just got to – again, but that's us. We're, we don't take ourselves seriously. We have a sense of humor. We laugh. And some people are going to love that, and some people are going to think we are the most unprofessional, uh, you know, smart-ass jerks they've ever met. So Cressa does her. Yeah. We do us. Do you. Do whatever works. Dress however you want, talk however you want, communicate however you want, run your business however you want, create whatever culture you want. That's why you're an entrepreneur. So you have the freedom to do what you want, when you want, who you want, with that, to do that with. And so I think it's just so important to just, you know, just be comfortable and just have fun with this. Yes, Joe, it is serious. Yes, you know, uh, our families depend on us, you know, coming through professionally. And I get all that. And, you know, I take this stuff very seriously. But at the same time, you got to have fun. You got to be yourself. and You got to laugh a little. In bit. the words of the great prophet, Jimmy Buffett, if we couldn't laugh, we would all go insane. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. What song is that from? Uh, changes in latitude, changes in attitude. You're you're the type of guy that probably goes to a lot of Jimmy Buffett I, concerts. You know, like I, if I, I you know, I've never been to one. And I like Jimmy Buffett. I like the music. I like you know the, the margarita bills at you know vacation resorts. But if I went to a concert, I'd assume it's just a lot of Joe B's running around. Well, dressed like you're dressed we, right now. Beth and I stopped going to the concerts. How many did you go to? We've gone to a lot over the years, okay. probably a dozen or so. Uh, but we stopped going to the shows because more people were showing up with walkers, and I couldn't, I, I couldn't see, I couldn't watch that anymore. When I went to get a beer, the guy in front of me had a walker. I said, "That's it. I'm never going to a Jimmy Buffett concert again." <laughs> see what you learn on the uh, outside the tank. Yeah, you learn so much. So, so much. Hope you're enjoying it. Hope you enjoyed Crescent. Go buy a shower toga. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Tell all your friends, subscribe, listen, uh, keep supporting the show because we're having fun doing it. And we hope you're learning a lot listening. So thank you. And we'll see you all, all next week on a brand new episode of Outside the Tank. See you then.